What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your MO? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. Introducing a new offer from Xfinity. It's unlimited internet with gig speed and supersonic Wi-Fi. And get this, there's no annual contract required, no equipment fees, and a two-year internet rate guarantee. It even comes with a free Flex 4K streaming box. It's all just $50 a month when you add Xfinity Mobile with unlimited data. The supersonic bundle. Go to Xfinity.com gig, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Requires paperless billing and auto pay. New gigabit internet customers only. Xfinity Mobile requires postpay Xfinity internet. After 24 months, regular rates apply to all services and devices. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Um, but there we go. Welcome in, guys. It is Thursday morning, 7-7-2022, and it means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host out there in Atlanta, Georgia, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing? I'm flying this morning, Nick. It's Thursday, um, I think. You know, that's what the calendar says. I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know, you work seven days a week and no football and between sports, it's hard to keep track, but it's Broncos for breakfast. It's got to be a Tuesday or Thursday. So welcome in, everybody. It's good to be here. It is good to be here. Um, I'm in midst of chaos. I You can kind of see my wife's desk behind me, but uh, we have movers coming to get furniture tomorrow and we've been taking over boxes piecemeal. So it's been uh, a little bit chaotic, especially trying to pack things up post or during Rona and post Rona and everything. So it's been chaos, but uh, doing well. Excited for the the move. Excited to get over there. A little bit bummed. I didn't want to move during summer because that means that packing and unpacking when the weather is finally nice and uh, hiking trails are accessible. Of course, no, that's how it worked out. But uh, um, is what it is. So let's say hello to some people in here. Uh, Dale Fleming's in the house saying, uh, "Morning, Nick Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, Dale." Um, he said, uh, "This is going to be a tough day, but I'm here listening." Um, well, Dale, we're here for you, and also you can reach out on. Twitter as well, um, or Facebook, uh, of course. Um, I'll be busy packing and writing stuff over, but you know, I am an addict to the socials. So uh, if you <laughs> if you need to say, hey Nick, what's up? What do you think about this? You know, you can ask me questions. I'm I'm here. I'm here to talk football or you know life. I have definitely don't hold back on my opinions and takes on on things. I'll tell you, I'm a dumb a dumbass on things, but uh, I'll let you know. Uh, EJ in the house too. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, EJ. Bama X is in the house, too, saying good morning, Broncos country. Awesome to see you. Uh, we also got, of course, the one and only Jeremy Sean in the house saying morning, Dale. Hope you get through it. Yeah, I think we all uh, speak for the, for that, uh, speak with Jeremy on that one. And uh, we got DWI guys coming in with a very, very eventful uh, day over in the UK. Um, good morning, Jensen Broncos country. Uh, Boris, I saw, finally uh, resigned. Um, it just came through recently. So I, I haven't been following that at all, other than it's chaos and uh it's nice to not have the the shameful eyes of the world on, on America for, oh, uh, for a second. Do. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. But uh, right now, the UK at least is sharing the uh, the spotlight on that. Um, Dale also coming in saying, I hope you aren't feeling any too many long haul symptoms. Nick, I'm exhausted, but uh, that could be life that has got me down there on that one. So uh, <laughs> that was a joke I had, Nick. I'm like, man, I keep thinking I've got the, the virus. Nope. I'm just old and tired and I'm not getting any better. Uh, man, that's uh, makes me nervous. I'm still tired from the uh, the backpacking trip as well, but uh, that's that's okay. That's a self inflicted uh, boon, and my my cup is full after that. So feeling good. I got worm from air. Uh, picture of his uh, beautiful kids there, um, saying uh, good morning, guys. Finally free to listen live. Well, you're hopefully you're uh, free to listen live going forward as well. But we're happy to have you here this morning. It's been a bit. Um, obviously recognize the name worm from air. That's a memorable one. So uh, glad to have you here on this Thursday morning. Also, we got the one and the only Michael Ronquillo. Coming in and supporting us last night, supporting us today, uh, our our insider to the Walton family, um, working over there at Walmart, uh, saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Always good to see you, Michael. Hope you're doing well. I think you changed your profile picture again. Maybe you have a different one like on YouTube and Facebook as well, but uh, I feel like you had a different picture the other day. Uh, Greg Smith coming in also saying good morning, Broncos for breakfast with the egg and the uh, croissant, of course. Um Going in there, Scott. What is you're you're just a breakfast guy in general. Do you have an ideal breakfast? I think we talked about this before. Yeah, but... I mean, <clears throat> lots. Yeah, that's <laughs> bring me all the eggs and bacon that you yeah, have. Lots. <laughs> um, I uh, 
I will order stuff that is harder to make. So mm. I'll get like uh, you know, an omelet with all the, the fixings and stuff. Uh, yes. but I like French toast, pancakes, all the sweets, um, all of it. Um, I, I like, I like food. Yeah. Just I've been really into If you, if you talk to me, Nick, if you talk to me about presentation and food, I'm out. I'm like, you've, you've lost me. Food is How not meant taste? to be present. Oh, what a lovely presentation. Oh God. Get me out of here. Stack it up, man. Bring me a lot of it. I don't care if you slop it down on a paper plate. If it's good and there's plenty of it, I'm happy. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes it's kind of fun to be bougie and uh, the uh, the presentation, you know, the, I'm not really into the Instagram uh, food stuff, but uh, I've been really into the uh, the soft cheeses recently, um, but not not recently for a bit. But like a, there's a place that's near me called the Blue Star Cafe and they have a goat cheese omelet mm -hmm. that is so good. I guess caramelized onions, too. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, the goat cheese. Um, we went on a hike a couple of weeks ago and uh for a friend's birthday and a buddy of mine brought a whole charcuterie board and I just the whole thing of goat cheese right in my mouth got it so so freaking good um Ethan disagreeing here saying presentation is everything uh oh well uh hopefully no beans on toast that's not it's very gonna look like a dirty plate in a matter of seconds when I'm done with it so I don't really care um if, if I have to go to a waffle house to eat because I'm hungry after I spend a hundred dollars on a meal I'm pissed off yeah so uh yeah. you better make sure there's enough of it yeah, absolutely. EJ also saying eggs Benedict with uh, chocolate chip pancakes. Very good. One of my favorite things growing up was uh, we used to go, there's a big grocery chain in the Midwest called uh, Hy-Vee. It's where Kurt Warner worked um, before, you know, making it big in uh, football. I think he I worked think there when he was in. started to make its way down here along with like Lytle or something like that. Okay. So you have Hy-Vee's down there now. Okay. Well, they're, they're monster chains, but they have, uh, they used to have, I think it's obviously with everything that's gone up in price, but they used to have the world's cheapest best breakfast like it was like you know you get a whole plate of like three bacon strips whole thing of hash browns toast eggs and it, was, and it was like you know yeah 4.99 exactly mm -hmm. and a you know cup of coffee for 50 cents and it's like we'd go there almost every sunday one of the best kept secrets it was really good um post weekend college trips uh for the guys as well oh god there is a place like that in college it was called benji's i walked in and they're serving 32 ounce draft beers Oh my God. For breakfast? <laughs> well, by the yeah. time you were done, but yeah. I, it was just reminding you of, you know, the cheap places you go to. I said, let me have one of them big boy beers and a gin and tonic. And he was like three seventy five. I said, which one? He's like both. I'm like, Oh, we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ethan knew that I was going to be talking about uh V. You got to love V. They, they also sponsor the, uh, the Cyhawk series. So they're a big Iowa thing. Um, we got Dale Fleming coming in here saying eggs with trees and green chili. Uh, that sounds really good as well. Gotta love the green chili. That's definitely a Denver delicacy, but uh, that should be everywhere. Any any salsa verde or green chili, I'm here for it. Um, and uh, speaking of college days, um, I wanted to talk to you because we haven't really got a chance to talk to, to you about this. Maybe this is more so in, uh, self-indulgent, but uh, your thoughts on uh, USC and UCLA. Um, making the move to the Big Ten in two years and the state of college football. And it sounds like Oregon and University of Washington might be left out in the cold because they are actually don't bring enough money uh, to the table. They, so if Oregon and my understanding is if Oregon and Washington join the Big Ten, all the teams in the Big Ten would make less money uh, than they are going to right now. Well, and the the Oregon, the state of Oregon and state of Washington are also trying to pass legislation that says that if it's a publicly funded school, the other one has to go with it. So it's tying them to Washington State and Oregon State, mm. which is also a bad thing. Um, yeah couple of thoughts real quick on the overhaul of college football. As many of you know, um, I was born in Ohio. I grew up in Georgia. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. Uh, and then I'm back here in Georgia. So I, I've been around, you know, a little bit. And one, all of my delusional West Coast friends who think the Pac-12 actually matters, that argument's over. It's, yeah. it's over. It's, it's, it's USC... Then kind of everybody, but the Pac-12, as far as a player on the conference level, was just follow the money, it, you know, follow the interest. It just it's it's done. Yeah. Um. Another thought is watching the high and mighty journalists out there who have been carrying the water for their meal ticket athletic directors and college coaches for the last twenty years, all of a sudden getting so upset that they're 
being betrayed and the administrators are no longer trying to fake that it's anything but the money anymore. Yeah. You know, we've been trying to protect the student athlete and the sanctity of college football. My ass, you bunch yeah. of hypocrites. You know, so that's caught them off guard and now they're mad about it. Um, three, I don't know where this is going. I really yeah. don't. Um, you can't survive as a minor league NFL. You know, no. where this is basically professional ball. It's it's professional. It's professional. Yeah, it <laughs> I is. mean, it's just and if you lose the some of the tradition and some of the things that makes it special, I think it'll still be fine in the in the short run because you know, so many of us have grown up with college football, but will you lose the next level? It's like, wait a minute. Why am I watching semi-pro ball? Why am I watching the minor leagues? You know, watching my school or where I have a, a taste to it, but, you know, USC and Northwestern, you know, it's hard enough to get people in California to attend games. Yeah. You know, when, it, when they're rivalries, when that's Notre Dame coming in, you know, that's, it, it is. You know, I've told you this story before, Nick. When I, when I first moved out to California, Cal and Stanford were really good. And they're, you know, they were play, like both top 10. I tune in to watch the game. There's like 15,000 people in the stands. I'm like, you know, the, the SEC average is about 60,000 for spring games. Man. And my thought was, man, if these people don't care, why should I? If they don't care about it, I, I turn it off. I watch something else. Yep. So it's going to be, it's, it's the rich separating themselves from having to carry everyone else. And you've seen this huge jump of everybody wants to be D1. Everybody wants to be in a conference because they want to share in all of that money that they're not necessarily earning. So yeah. from a business point of view, it makes perfect sense. Just don't pretend it's anything other than a business. Okay. Yeah. Just, just don't give me this, the student athlete, they need to be the college experience. You know, I'd like to cuss and say what kind of excrement that really is. This is big money. Yeah. Big money. And the big money makers are tired of sharing it out with everybody else. Yeah. And I understand. I understand that. If you can't compete, you shouldn't be in the league. So yeah. they're forming their own leagues. Now, in the long run, is this going to turn around and bite them? Is it? You know, because again, you cannot compete with the NFL. No. And when you're becoming a, a professional league, you're in competition with the NFL. I think it'll still be fine because you're basically still, you still have that unholy coalition. And I didn't mean to turn this into five minutes, Nick. I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> you, you don't, you still have that unholy coalition where you have to be three years removed from the, you know, your high, high school. school. So you're still having to send people to college football yep. as their training, as their, as their, as their training stuff. So, um, if there was a legitimate, you know, minor, minor league baseball is actually in competition with NCAA baseball. If there was something like that, that we would see, it'd be this would be really, really bad for college football. Right now, it's going to be interesting, but it's it's consolidating power. The teams that matter is yep. what it's doing. It's consolidating them, and yep. you know, so be it. I feel bad for some of the uh, programs out there that you know have long-standing traditions. Um, because if you're not in the Big Ten or the SEC, I think you're going to be left out in the cold pretty quickly. I mean, and it's not that, you know, these teams can still probably recruit some good players, but your NIL money is going to be less. The money for your facilities is going to be less. The money for your coaching staff is going to be less. And that's going to play a big difference over the next decade. There's only so much that goes around, though. It'll create a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll create an opportunity. And maybe there's not quite as, you know, maybe you're not splitting $100 million between 20 schools, but you're sharing 20 million amongst five, you know, yeah. or, you know, it's, it, there'll still be an opportunity. It's going to create an opportunity for some of these smaller schools to maybe do things a little differently, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, be a little bit smarter with their budgets and their money and not just count on the big money coming in from their conference. Meanwhile, they're getting their asses kicked and not really competitive in it. You know, yeah. again, how much fun would it be to see relegation in this? Yeah. You know, to set up tiers and for, you know, for those of you who don't know relegation and in international sports, specifically soccer, if you finish bottom three, you move down a level, hmm. you know, so Kansas, what the hell is Kansas still doing in the big 12 football? You know, yeah. they're, they've been God awful, knock them down. Yep. Okay. Bring them down. Let's bring up who's, you know, Wichita state won their division. Let's move them up. 
Yeah. You know, let's set these up in tiers and have promotion and relegation amongst 60, the, the 60 best football teams in the country. That'd be freaking awesome. It would be fun. I think we're going to have two super leagues, the Big Ten and the SEC, and that'll be kind of maybe each conference ends two, and they're just going to leave mm-hmm. everybody else out in the cold. So feel bad for you uh, CU Buffs fans out there and uh, anybody like that. But uh, I guess I'm – it's kind of like, you know, what is it? What's it called? Um, naturalism? Is that the word? I I can't remember, but Iowa being already in the Big Ten. Whew, thank God. Um, <laughs> sorry, Iowa State, kind of laughing at you guys. But uh, we got Mark Schrader in the house saying good morning. Good to see you, Mark. Bam X saying college football is about to get ugly. And that's the thing, Scott. You're talking about who's going to want to watch college football. It's still a good product, in my opinion. It's not the NFL because the quarterback play is different. But, I mean, it's still a really good product, and they're not in direct competition. And the NFL loves college football because they have a free training program. They don't have to pay. Promotional and marketing. These guys are coming in as stars. Everybody knows who who, um, you know, these draft picks are by the time they get there. Their their marketing department is – paid for they, yep. they don't have to do it at all and that's why they make them go to college you know yep. that's the only cost that it has them is like we need to wait three years for these guys to come that's ridiculous i mean it's it's anti-american it's anti-competition it's anti-freedom of labor yeah. to do that it's it's ridiculous it's it's like i've said i've called it the unholy coalition i've called it borderline illegal um but it's a protected monopoly um, yeah. you know, and we can get into the conversations of, oh, they don't have to sign these contracts. No, no, no. Come on. We've, this is so rigged. The system is so rigged against the athletes where they have one choice and one path and that's it. If they're going to play yeah. football, that's it. They got one path. That's it. Yep. Yeah. It's a, uh... <clears throat> You don't believe in the, uh, what is it, the uh, USFL or whatever it is? Um, I think they just had their I'd love to see it. The XFL actually is working with um, the NFL. Um, they're right, the USFL wrote in, is writing into their contracts um, that they, they have to be exclusive for like two years. So they're kind of in direct competition. Whereas the XFL is writing into their contracts and they've teamed up with the group. I know these, this is Chip Smith, who I've talked about before, who trains these guys. He trains the pool of players in Canton. So let's say Malik Reed, and then we'll get to our story. Let's say Malik Reed gets cut, okay? And he doesn't yeah. get picked up right away, but he wants to go stay in shape. He can go to Canton and work out with Chip Smith and these group of guys. And when he gets signed, he can get signed right out of there and they know he's in shape. They know he's yeah. ready to go. These guys have also signed on to do that for the XFL. And if the XFL has in their contracts, if a, if an NFL team comes calling, you are automatically re- released. You are free to go. So they're in partnership with the NFL. That could be the start of something like this. Could be start of something like this with um with uh the player personnel movement, where there will be more opportunities for training and employment. More importantly, employments yeah. where you can earn a living as a football player in this country. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, I'm 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 still optimistic and I still love college football. So it'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Iowa doesn't get left behind somewhat in the Big Ten. And it sounds like the Big Ten is going to hold out uh, the next two years, really hoping that uh, Notre Dame uh, will see the money that the Big Ten is making and want to join and lose their uh, independence. And with that, uh we'll see what happens. They probably want to keep it even. So I could see a team like Stanford um, coming with over there as well to get that San Francisco TV market and uh, just keep growing and growing. It'd be real easy. Once you've got the power in two conferences, those two conferences just say, we're not playing Notre Dame anymore. Yep. That'd be it. That'd be the end of it. Yep. You know, they when you, when you consolidate power like that, you eliminate choice yep. and you can put the pressure on someone like Notre Dame saying, you're not playing a big 10 or an SEC school. Okay. Yep. Now, now you're in trouble. Now you're yep. playing, you know, depending on who stays in the ACC. The ACC and, and Mark comes in and says, I'm surprised uh, I'm surprised Clemson hasn't moved to the SEC. I actually did read an article about this. I've kind of not paid that close attention, but I did read the, the Wall Street Journal article on it yesterday. I can't remember the name of the woman who wrote it, but did a good job with it, saying basically unless the ACC dissolves, they'd have to pay an unbelievable amount of money. But Clemson and Florida State were always sec fits yeah. better than better than acc with north carolina virginia etc they were football powerhouse mid-tier South. academic schools not the upper tier and i went to one i went to auburn i mean i went to a mid-tier 
academic school in the SEC, but I've kind of always believed in the goodwill hunting philosophy of one of these days you'll w- wake up and realize you spent $150,000 on an education you could have gotten for $1.25 in late fees at the local library. Education is what you make of it, mm-hmm. uh, unless you're in a specific field, you know, a, a specific professional field. But uh, Clemson would have trouble moving to, uh, to, to get out of the conference unless the ACC were to dissolve. Yeah, and uh, Big Ten could then go after the more academic prestigious institutions such as uh, Duke, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, Good morning, yeah. Mark. Thank you for the start. For some reason, my my Facebook feed isn't – I see it on here and on the our stream, but when I look over at Facebook, it's not auto-updating, so I can't tell when the stars are coming in. So just gave a refresh and wanted to say thank you and good morning, Mark, for the stars. We also got Ethan coming in with a 25 pounds. Uh, thank you so much, Ethan. He says Mayfield versus Darnold is lock versus Bridgewater 2.0. Um, similar, however, the Panthers had to pay a lot more um, to get uh, Darnold there in the house than the Broncos had to for a lock in Bridgewater. But yeah, no, it's a uh, this is a shoot until you miss philosophy there. I think that obviously bringing in Mayfield will improve that Panthers team somewhat, um, but uh, I don't trust the coaching staff. I honestly don't trust their weapons as well. This might be sacrilegious, but uh, this is the always the concern when you take a running back super early and pay him a big contract. You know, how many snaps are we going to get at Christian McCaffrey this year? How much has he actually played over the last two years? Um, I know they've invested in the offensive line there, but uh, I just I don't think that's a very good Panthers team overall. So uh, I got some good fun pieces on defense. I'm a big DJ Moore fan, but uh, definitely going to be an interesting uh, year there. And also with Jeremy commenting on that, saying number one versus number three in the draft, expectations versus reality, and uh, Mandango Dan saying Mayfield Darnold is better than Locke and Smith. I agree with that. Um, I would take Mayfield and Darnold over Locke and Smith just because I think Mayfield's the best of those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked still that Seattle didn't uh, bring in Mayfield unless Seattle is uh, really actually viewing this as a, uh, oh, we're competing this year. Oh, we run a contend <laughs> this year. Yeah, I think that's where uh, they, they said here. I think this is where Ethan said something about Jeremy saying, uh, don't say it. They don't Don't admit to it. Yeah. Don't admit to the fact that you're actually tanking. It's like everybody does it. You just better not get caught doing it. You know, that's yeah. all. Yeah. A soft tank, if you will. Mandango Dan coming in from Ecuador. Good to see you. Buenos Dias. Dom coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. I am a line cook for a breakfast restaurant. Make my boys some breakfast. Oh, that would be delicious. Hard to beat a good breakfast in the morning, especially if you had uh, stayed up too late the night before. Falling sloth in the house. Good morning, y'all. Hope your days off are your days are off to a great start. Yeah, they are. I'm especially hanging out with you guys. A lot of fun. Uh, Kenneth coming in here. Kenneth Booker. Good to see you, Kenneth. Saying good morning. Uh, see you as a football powerhouse for decades. Why did they fall off in the early 2000s and never recover? Um, <clears throat> that's a little bit before talking, my time. We were talking about Clemson when that came up. So this was Colorado. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. see, Yeah, Colorado for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm unsure why uh, CU fell off. Uh, I don't didn't really follow college football that much. At All right, that let point. me for sure. <laughs> Let me help, considering this was uh, what I did in the early 2000s. Um, around that time, you know, coming out of the 90s and stuff, with the expansion, the, the, the cable television market really comes out of the 80s. So all of a sudden, coming into the 90s and 2000s, bowl game expansion, everybody goes to a bowl game, everybody's on television. There's 85 scholarships. The teams that had the most trouble competing in that era were the ones that were previously powerhouses of sorts or good teams, but didn't have a home base to recruit from. Colorado produces the state of about eight Division I players a year. So Colorado has to recruit out of state. Mm-hmm. They were playing at a very high level in the Big Eight at the time and competing with the Nebraskas and Oklahomas of the world. And, and uh as soon as everybody can go to go gets on television and everybody uh, is going to bowl games, I don't have to go to Colorado to do that. I can stay closer to home and do that. So it hurts the teams like Nebraska, Tennessee, Colorado. I'd always use Nebraska and Tennessee as the biggest example of this, who didn't have a, a, a real good base to recruit from and have fallen off in the era of everybody goes to a bowl game, everybody is, is on television. But Colorado is probably the best example of all. Uh, the one that flies in the face of this is why have the Miami Hurricanes turned to crap? They've got the best. That's just complete mismanagement. Yeah. They've got the best recruiting base in the country. And they, you know, more competition. 
but Colorado does not have a natural recruiting base. Then they pulled themselves out of, uh, out of Texas and decided to go west into California by joining the Pac-12. Nebraska pulled themselves out of Texas, and they're not going to be able to beat Ohio for beat Ohio State for Ohio kids, Michigan for Michigan kids. And now they're not going back into Texas anymore because they're not playing down there anymore. Yeah. So it's all about the recruiting and the recruiting base. There you go. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. You do think that with population changes right now, Colorado might be able to pull some more people because um, that area is growing, and you also have the massive. Uh, Arizona is exploding as well. So maybe something there, but uh, yeah, no, it's a little bit too bad. Cause um, what is it? Fulgham field, uh, the, wherever on the, uh, wherever CU stadium is, is beautiful. Um, great uniforms. It'd be a lot better if uh, the Colorado was good, but alas. Um, and yeah, I saw the question here about the uh, falling sloth had his ears bleeding from yeah, a I uh, hit on that one too. Um, we're here for weather. See, where'd that one go? There's falling sloth. Uh, has anyone heard of a barrow trauma? A tornado producing downburst <laughs> hit Cincinnati uh, yesterday, and the pressure change was so sudden my ears started bleeding. Now, that reminded me of something they used to call a microburst. Um, it actually, about 30 years ago, put a plane in the ground uh, that was either taking off or landing. And as they're coming in, one of those hit the plane and just sledgehammered the thing into the ground. And they called it a microburst, which could be, could be pretty similar. Um, so those are... Those are scary, and yes, that is that is kind of scary for sure. So glad you're okay. Was it uh, technically a uh, derecho? Um, we had one of those before I moved out to. Derecho means right in Spanish. It's. I mean, that's what it is. It's a straight okay. line wind um, from <laughs> uh, west to east, and I actually have a picture here. Um, so it causes a massive uh, pressure change as well. I'm not a meteorologist, man. We're really off the rails today, but it's fun. Um, so talk about the pressure change. Those are silos. The pressure went over and they imploded on themselves because the pressure change was so quick and, um, they literally did cave in on themselves. So uh, that was one that I think we had 150 mile an hour winds, uh, registered in a straight line. That would have been August, 2020. So uh crazy, crazy time. We were without power for a week. Someone um, on the Google can look up microburst airplane crash and probably come up with what I was talking about. And that, that was yeah. probably 30 years ago. I think it was like in DFW. It, was, it may have been even Dallas, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. I don't remember for sure. Crazy. And also when there's like the massive pressure change too, um, I had friends who are uh, nurses and they all get paged in um, because it causes women to go into early labor. Like the massive pressure change changes the uh, sure. <laughs> pressure in, yeah, in the womb. So the uterus or whatever. Crazy. Somehow we've, you know, lived really off the world. Despite all these things that can affect us, we, you know, there's 4 billion of us on the planet and we've lived. So we're still a pretty hardy species, yeah. the the human being. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, maybe not to our own doing, sometimes just dumb luck. Uh, that's why we outcompeted a lot of things. We could uh, reproduce quicker. Um, but, and that's uh, right, Menego Dan, because uh, it's dobla a la derecha means turn right. So it is a, it is a, a derecha, not a derecho. So the show means straight. Yep. Okay. That's and, uh, and Mark says, is. yes, it was DFW. I'm guessing that was probably close to 30 years ago, maybe even a few more that felt like it was, I have to do, I have to add a decade now and like carry the one. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, it was 20 yeah. years ago. No, that was still the 2000s. 30 years ago. Nope. That was the nineties. Okay. Yeah. 40 years ago. <laughs> now we're getting to the eighties. Yeah. Uh, and Luke got- says, sorry, I'm late. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Luke, you haven't missed anything. We've been off the rails this morning, just having fun. We've talked yeah. college football. We've talked weather bursts. You haven't missed anything at Breakfast. all. As well. <laughs> um, so, you know, let's let's get into it. And I'll put that in the description. If you want to actually get to the title, we'll start it at 28 minutes. <laughs> let's see if we can get off the rails again. You guys, I mean, I got the comment section leading us to here, but Peter Middleton, a Broncos for breakfast. The, be- uh, the best there is. Thank you so much. Hello from Turkey. Hello to you, Peter. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, let's get into it here. If you guys haven't done so yet, you're joining us on Facebook today. Make sure you click the uh, thumbs up, The any of the reactions here coming in. It's always appreciated. Scott dropping the care. Um, thank you for whoever just did as well. We got another one coming in here. Um, and yeah, we've even talked uh, uterine pressure as well. <laughs> um, so um, And also, did you see this as well? This is hilarious. Um, the U.S. Open, I think it was. Absolutely. No, what, have we confirmed it was tennis versus golf? Yeah, it was tennis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, tennis absolutely is a sport. Yeah. Is oh, how it that is. started. But somebody, yeah, they said like, oh man, who wants to watch this? And it's like, my brother in Christ, like you are going to sit down and watch 18 games of Drew Locke play football this year. You are not watching a sport. So yeah. uh, absolutely, absolutely roasted them. Yeah. And, and uh, we talked about it on, uh, on Monday and I, and I think um, 
you know, I thought Drew Locke came off smelling like roses in this this whole thing. You know, he, yeah. he kind of made a self-deprecating comment, you know, happy 4th of July to everybody, especially the intern at the U.S. Open, at U.S. Open. You know, yeah. good for him and, and everybody. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Without fail, you know, some big accounts said, you're awesome. You know, this was great from Drew. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Little small account like me saying this was great. Good for Drew. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Kenneth coming in talking about a C recruited it out of California in the 90s. And it's Folsom Field. They've so, always uh, had to Colorado. That, that was my point. <clears throat> Colorado has always had to recruit out of state. California is the biggest or California and Texas are um, yeah. states. Two and one and three on the sheer number of Division One prospects. Um, so yeah. they've had to live out of state. They've come in, in Georgia too, obviously, and down in Florida as well. But uh, the, that was my point. Why they fell off, uh, Kenneth? It's because they had to live out of state. And through the changing dynamics of college football, it's harder to recruit out of state than ever. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Jeremy coming in here saying Drew Locke has taken so many unnecessary shots. It's unreal. He's a stand-up guy. Seems like a pretty good down-to-earth guy. Maybe, you know, a little bit of a, a goofball. Maybe not always the, uh, you know, the Peyton Manning serious kind of guy when it comes to in the meeting rooms and whatnot. But uh, I agree with you. I mean, he he got shots here because I think a lot of people were pushing him up to be something that he had not shown to be. Um, and that kind of just causes a, you know, people to kind of get myself included annoyed uh, by that and being like, this is not reality that we're talking here. Um, but uh, I would say more or less, he is, you know, somewhat irrelevant uh, and there's no reason to totally disparage him because he hasn't done anything uh, to the point where he should be talked about so much. Well, and the person that started it had Gino Smith in their Twitter account name. I'm like, yeah, take a shot at Gino Smith. Is that just yeah. not as fun? You know, yeah. Gino wouldn't respond. Drew did. So they got, they certainly, Got a lot more, uh, a lot more play by saying, uh, by saying Drew Locke. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully Drew has a good season, just not week one, um, because he does seem like a good guy. And uh, when I had a chance to talk with him a couple times, you know, always made time. So not, not cheering against him. Um, moving forward topic of today. Now we're at 31 minutes. Uh, Malik Reed, uh, Eric trickle recently had a piece on mile high huddle kind of going through Malik Reed's career to date, uh, saying how he got here, um, how he did in the, 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 college football going undrafted in the draft and kind of uh, what's happened here recently with him where uh, obviously Malik Reed was a restricted free agent this season. The Broncos placed a exclusive, excuse me, not exclusive rights, a, an original round tender on Malik Reed as an undrafted free agent, which means that uh, any deal that he signs um, the Broncos would have a chance to match. And if they didn't, another team could uh, the Broncos would get nothing back in return and he would move on and uh, no team paid Malik Reed any interest or money, maybe thinking the Broncos would, you know, match it or something, but still didn't get signed. So he's going to be uh, by another team. So he's going to be on the Broncos for a one year deal. That's worth slightly less than 2.5 million. Um, and they waited on the very final day of that window to do so. Uh, so now it does seem like uh, even though Malik Reed has had a pretty good on paper, um, like the, the classic stats, especially sacks uh, career, a lot of the, other data surrounding him and just, you know, the fact that he was not signed by another team, despite his uh, stats point to him, maybe not being as highly sought after or valuable um, in the NFL. And let me see, what do we have here for uh, sacks from Malik Reed in his career? Here we go. He had, uh, he's had 15 so far in his career. He had eight in uh, 2020, only five last year, um, but uh, been an okay player for the Broncos. I mean, somebody would pick him up if the Broncos dropped him, no doubt, but uh, is he, is he in trouble? Are, are we talking about a guy who's probably on the move this offseason? I think so, but it might not be trouble from his point of view. So I, I don't remember who asked, you know, why would we cut him? Um, he's cheap. You know, it's it's not it's not that expensive. He's proven to be a decent backup and come in and can and get some numbers, you know, stat, if you will. But shoot, five sacks would have led the Falcons last year, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, it was probably pretty close to the top of the Broncos chart yesterday, last year, too. So he can actually get some of those things done. However, if you take a look at the players that are ahead of him, he might say, release me. You know, I, I've gotten, you know, once people start calling his agents, you know, hey, we've got a spot here. 
they can try and send a seventh round pick to Denver, or they can start working through their agent and say, go ask for your release. You're not playing. And I think they would, but that's, that's why it would be Malik says, I've got opportunities to go play somewhere else. Will you release me? That's why. And the Broncos could do it. They might try and work out a deal and say, yeah, let's see if we can get a seventh round pick for you first or something for you first. And if we can't, we'll do right by you. We will. Um, that is certainly a plausible scenario for a guy who's looking to be third team at best at, at edge rusher coming in this year. You've mentioned the two starters. Again, you could move up quickly based on injuries. But if I'm talking on Bradley Chubb, how long, how long before I get to Malik Reed on the pecking order here for a pass rusher? If I've got Bradley Chubb, I've got Randy Gregory, I've got Jonathan Cooper, I've got Nick Benito. Now I've got Baron Browning. I'd put um, all of those guys ahead of him. Six, yeah, at best, and maybe even when you're talking about the sixth guy, if they do want to carry six, um, Andre Mintz um, offers more special teams value. Which, if you're the sixth edge rusher, you better damn well be a special teams player. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, discussion with Malik Reed. You did hit the uh, the topic here that I wanted to get to is uh, the injury and the unprovenness above him. I mean, if you have one injury to one of those guys, maybe that changes the dynamic uh, of your edge rush room. You want to keep that uh, consistent player there. But uh, Malik Reed has been a, well, he's been a good pass rusher. He, in my opinion, is more of a pure third down designated pass, uh, pass rush type because he is detrimental to the front on first and second down against the run. Um, that Cleveland game was an albatross. And he was going up against an injured uh, Jer- Jedrick Wills, and he just was getting airlifted. Another game where he was just absolutely destroyed was the uh, uh, the Eagles game against uh, who, their right tackle, who's incredible. Lane Johnson, fronts. The, yeah. the physical bullies fronts. He's yep. he's having trouble. You know, who doesn't have trouble. Gary Leeds Palmer keeps the lights on here, keeps my forehead nice and shiny. Is helping Nick get moved, coming in with the stars and the coffee. Thank you, Gary. He says hi, Nick and Scott. Hope I didn't miss too much. Well. Depending on your point of view, you either missed a ton or you didn't miss anything at all. So we hit all kinds of topics. Gary, I think you'll enjoy the first 30 minutes uh, where we went and kind of ADD'd our way through for <laughs> through the first 30 minutes of this show. So uh, have a, uh, you know, have, have a listen, leave a comment. And we'll get back to you. And, uh, you know, thanks again for the stars. Yeah, thank you so much. It's uh, great to see you. GLP. Also, we got Kayleon Green in the house saying, yo, hope you're doing well. And uh, Michael Ronquillo saying Arizona Wildcats have the number one class in the Pac-12 conference in 2022. Is that true? Even over USC? Because USC is still um, in the Pac-12 for another two years. I don't I don't know. Um, that would be good for them. That means they're pulling some kids from out of state because the state of Arizona does not produce enough guys in order to have a number one class. And typically the state of Arizona will lose their top guys west or east to USC or Texas or someplace uh, like that. So um, you know, and then they're splitting the, the guys that are in state with Arizona and Arizona state. Yes, this was a profession of mine for a long time. <laughs> uh, they do about 40 D one guys, but Arizona could have changed here. You're talking about population change. Arizona has probably been on the upswing in population as well, but it also depends on who is moving. Yeah. You know, and not just, not just a bunch of, you know, uh, mobile upper class money people with, you know, five, 10 soccer players. Um, yeah. You know, it, it depends on, on who is, is moving in there. One of the biggest move, and then I'll get off of this. One of the biggest changes dynamics in the movement of college football is actually Katrina. Yep. Um, when it basically scattered everybody out of new Orleans, it changed the dynamics of college football in the South and what they were able to do in the state of new Orleans. That was one of the biggest dynamics of moving actual athletes. And is when, when Katrina, Hit, uh, hit New Orleans. This has been a little bit different. This will be a little bit slower with the, uh, you know, the exodus of some of the, uh, of California and, and New York and stuff. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. In 2022, it looks like, uh, from what I'm seeing here, Oregon has the uh, highest recruiting class in the Pac-12 at uh, 13th, and then you have Stanford at 19th. But Arizona coming in at 22nd, and Arizona has been... Uh, Obviously not a very good football program, so good to see them improving there. In 2023, scrolling down, it looks like USC is at 13 right now, and they only have, uh, gosh, uh, nine recruits. No, let me see, 11 recruits there, two of them being 
two of the top five uh, in the country, two of the top six in the country. And, and you will, you will uh, appreciate this um, when you talk tiers. I tried to illustrate that by putting, they put points on it. You know, they, mm -hmm. they add up the points and they, this is how they do. I used to put those on a line graph and, you know, you'd mm -hmm. have like one and then two and then three, four, five, six, and seven to be almost a horizontal line. Yeah. I'm basically telling you that three through seven aren't that different. You yeah. know, it's, it's not that different. It's, it's a matter of, it's all a matter of opinion, but, um, just it, there, there are different tiers. So if you're in the neighborhood, you know, if you're 13th or 17th, the difference in that could be one extra two star, you know, yeah. you, you just never know. So, uh, Arizona in the top 25 is a, a good, good thing for them for sure. Iowa 18 baby just got their number the highest rated recruit ever in program history in uh, Caden Proctor, 17 years old, six foot eight, 330 pound offensive tackle. My God, <laughs> what a monster. I'm excited Grocery to see hills. him. Good gracious. Yeah. That, the scholarship will be worth the food money alone. I hope he gets a good NIL deal because uh, he's in, he's a local product as well. So that'd be great. Um, Malik, uh, Jeremy coming in, getting us back on track again, saying uh, Malik Reed is a situational pass rusher. Fans have bigger expectations for him because he led the team in sacks, but he's one dimensional a la Philip Lindsay. And I think another reason people have bigger expectations for him is because this is just human nature, but we look for patterns and history to kind of repeat itself. So people see Malik Reed coming in right after you let Shaq, uh, Shaquille Barrett go undrafted free agent, similar path. Oh, he's definitely going to be the new Shaquille Barrett. We just had one. We're going to do that again. Doesn't really work that way. Um, so again, Malik Reed, I think uh, the Broncos last year, they did a move mid season where they traded, uh, I want to say a fifth and a seventh and got back Steven Weatherly in a sixth. Um, don't quote me on the exact uh, specifics of the deal. Um, but I think that's something that you could see with Malik Reed this season, where the Broncos, instead of looking to bring in an edge rusher to help that room, maybe they're on the other end and they get a similar deal, uh, moving Malik Reed to another team that is desperate for some pass rush production at the edge rush uh, position. Yeah, one dimensional in that case isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, no. if he's sacking the quarter, if his one trick for the one trick pony is sacking the quarterback, he's going to have a job for a long, long, long time. Yeah, uh, I don't know how old or how many of you remember the old Chris Carter line from Buddy Ryan. All he does is catch touchdown passes. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, and well, your problem exactly is what? So that ended up becoming you know a very memorable line of you know it's okay to have a one trick in this case. But Malik Reed, again, was he a byproduct of his circumstance? That is the big question. You know, is he is he cherry picking stats because nobody's blocking him because he's not very good? And if then, if that, if he goes to another team and his circumstances change, does he become well? This guy had ten sacks for the Broncos. He had thirteen sacks the last two years, and now he can't even get to the pass rusher for us. You know, that's because we want we brought him in here to be a number one. He's not a number one. He's a guy who is going to get single covered because we had some people on the other side, and he was able to get to the quarterback. So he's a not just a one trick, not just situational, but a complimentary type of player, I think is, is another way to, to talk about him. Yep. Yeah, I agree. A situational player, but uh, there's still value in that. And we got Callum F coming in here um, from the UK again. Uh, hopefully you're doing well with all the craziness that's going on there saying uh, I'm a new Broncos fan. Well, welcome aboard buddy. And I fell in love with the Broncos back when we played the Vikings uh, against the Vikings in 2019. I've been researching clubs history since uh, and hoping to visit next year. Well, you picked a good place to uh, a good fan if you're looking for areas to do stuff and beautiful places to make a, you know, a voyage, uh, you picked a good one. Broncos in Denver. There's a lot to do in Denver. If you're an outdoorsman, which apparently, say, especially without an outdoorsman type picture for goodness sakes. Yeah. You, you, uh, a lot of good opportunities. I wouldn't say the, uh, the fishing is as good in Colorado as you would get, you know, a little farther North in Wyoming and Montana and Idaho, but, uh, still lots to do outdoors wise in Colorado, beautiful area. You know, you're not a fan of, I don't want to, you know, completely, crap on a team you talk okay the vikings like minneapolis beautiful city um but uh, visiting minneapolis in the winter time is not something i would wish on people uh so um be, <laughs> yeah, beautiful city though I, I need to get up to uh, minnesota that new stadium looks incredible and i uh, do have a lot of i have some viking fans friends as well and i'm pulling for the vikings because not really liking the the bears because the chicago cubs association and the packers have just been on a pedestal too long so uh hopefully the vikings can be a little up and up there speaking of up and up it's been a second but we got chris hernandez coming in with the stars gosh chris thank you so much he says good morning and thank you for everything no chris thank you uh we appreciate you paying for my coffee helping me pay for some uh some movers uh here coming in tomorrow i gotta go to the bank and take out a big chunk of money for some movers and i can't help but 
use the pun on this money and I I apologize in advance, but money more says take this coming in with more money. Yep. So thank you very much money more with the uh, coming in yellow on the super chat. I think no that's not Kenneth came in Kenneth came in with a, a super earlier. So appreciate all y'all again. Yeah. We have a lot of fun doing this, but we couldn't do it if it weren't for you. You know, again, uh, fan funded and you're, you are our fans. And speaking of doing really stupid stuff, <laughs> falling sloth, some of the conversation, we haven't really hit on this too much, you know, about the trade, about Baker Mayfield coming in. And I, I think we can, we can talk about this a little bit. You know, he says, you know, laughing my hiney off. The Browns basically traded 2022 first, 2022 second, 2023 first, 2023 third, 2024 first, the 18 number one overall for a 2024 conditional fifth. Yeah, it's um, depending on what, and and they might end up paying $250 million to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're paying $10 million. You know, we know they're paying at least $10 million. Um, yeah, Cleveland... I think someone said, you know, I remember a comment said, you know, do we all boo Cleveland now? I'm like, well, hell, people have been laughing at Cleveland for 50 years. You know, they've been the the uh, a, the butt of jokes. They're not worthy of being booed. And you know, I speak of this with many dear family members that are diehard Cleveland Brown fans. I'm sure they're just shaking their heads uh, or smacking them at this point. You know, smacking their heads on this. But yeah, um, there wasn't a winner in this whole thing. What a mess. What an absolute mess. The Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns and Houston Texans, Atlanta Falcons, they're not innocent on this by any stretch of the imagination. The New Orleans Saints were in it, but I think people kind of forgive their sins in New Orleans. Be like Vegas. Vegas is, the Raiders are going to be able to get away with all kinds of crap. It's Vegas. Who cares? We expect them to be dirty. (laughs) So yes, what a mess. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Goodness. And uh, Mark Schrader's coming in with a moving fund. Big time stars. Hmm. We'll have Chad tonight, Mark. We'll have Chad do an update on the July stars, and I'll be shocked if you're not sitting at the top. So thank you. Thank you very much. You're uh, just a huge help to our show. Uh, appreciate you. Love you. I know uh, Mark, uh, Nick appreciates you yeah. contributing to the moving fund too because moving sucks. Have I mentioned that? Moving sucks. Yep. Yeah. Moving is not very fun. Um, luckily we have a little bit of benefits of moving here. We have a little bit of time to do it piecemeal. We don't have to be out of this house like immediately. And also they're tearing it down and building up a new house. So we don't have to scrub it clean. if so the next tenants have to come in. So that's, a uh, you know, trying to practice some gratitude here on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have, uh, I guarantee you, here we go. Vikings suck. Ernie Mays coming in here. Ernie Mays, everybody <laughs> sucks, but the Broncos, Ernie, I love you for it, man. That's that's great. Um, and thanks again, Mark, for the support here. So um, before we start to wrap on up, uh, final expectations here for Malik Reed. Is he going to make this team, or do you think he's going to be on the outside looking in? I I think eventually he'll ask for either a trade or a release. Okay. Uh, when he when he lines up at camp and he sees himself third string. You know, when he sees Nick Benito over there and he says Baron Browning lining up in his position and Randy Gregory lining up in his position, he's going to look around and say, you know, I signed because I needed a job, but I need another opportunity. So I don't expect him to be on the roster come middle of the season. Yeah, very possible. And uh, one thing that we didn't touch on that I wanted to also, the reason that uh, Leak Reed is more of a movable asset uh, for the Broncos than all these other guys just one year of cost controlled left. Jonathan Cooper, you have three. Randy Gregory is two to six. Obviously, you still have Chubb, but Chubb's a chance to be like your Chubb has the ability to be the best player on your defense. I mean, honest to God, you're not looking to move him. Um, and then you just drafted. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. In, in theory, you've got infinite years of cost control on him, though, because he's he's cheap because he hasn't been very good. You basically said somebody come take him yeah. and they didn't. You yeah. know, I, I know what you mean with, with the contract, but you know, if he's, he's two and a half million dollars, non-guaranteed. Yeah. So you get that money back right away and, and the, there's no dead cap cost in there. So that, that is a bad situation to be in as a player. You know, you're, yeah. you're counting your days and you're staying in shape saying, okay, I better, I better be in good shape because they could kick me out at 
any given time and not owe me a penny. Yep. So he's uh wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I said, there's a lot of reasons to think that he he won't be on this roster come middle middle of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, Jeremy's saying too many questions at edge. He'll be here. Definitely possible. It's just the other thing here about uh, Malik Reed is that he is redundant somewhat to a point where he doesn't bring a very different skill set than your Baron Browning slash uh, Nick Benito as well. If he was like, mm-hmm. let's say, not the best uh, pass rusher in the world, but an absolute freaking monster at setting the edge and some versatility to play different techniques across the line of scrimmage. Maybe he could uh, have a better chance to make this team, in my opinion, because uh, he's more versatility and just filling a different niche. But you're talking about a guy who is a DPR, in my opinion, who mm-hmm. probably offers more on first and second down, dropping into coverage than actually being an edge setter. And that, to me, is the exact same niche slash role that you're probably going to see with Baron Browning, with Nick Benito. And he has less upside, less athleticism, less cost controlled, uh, less pedigree. Um, less investment, draft, less investment. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, than any of those guys. So um, it's a, definitely a, uh, a question mark with him again, not to totally crap on the guy he's had, you know, what is it? 12 sacks in his career or excuse me, 21 sacks in his career. I don't know. Eight and uh, eight in 2021 and five last season. Uh, so hopefully uh, he will find somewhere. And if he does make this team, that'd be great. Um, it's just, he's a little bit limited and uh, we'll be curious to see how he plays also new s- coaches coming in new scheme coming in uh, somewhat they're saying a lot of the same stuff but it sounds like it's going to be one that's going to rely more on simulated pressure packages you have to win on first and second down to get there um, but I digress uh, so we'll see um, it will be interesting he's been a good player for the Broncos obviously I think Jeremy also said it earlier he is way outperformed his uh, investment as mm-hmm. an undrafted free agent so that's just good business he's been a good player for the Broncos in that regard uh, but what is it? Only 30% of players in the NFL get a second contract um, and not many, you know, stick around. So he's has definitely, as uh, Jeremy says, Malik has overachieved his expectations playing with house money with him. Uh, definitely possible that uh, you appreciate that you had him, but maybe more value elsewhere. Maybe Broncos can get some extra draft capital from him. Maybe they can save that 2.5 million and use it at another position. And also that might be beneficial for Malik Reed in the long run as well, if he can go somewhere else where there's a more obvious and direct path to playing time. So just seems to me the writing on the wall. He is the, uh, the odd man out uh, as Eric puts it um, in his article, you can find a mile high huddle uh, out of the edge rushing room. He's made about two and a half million dollars so far in his early three year career. And I'm hoping he's saved on saved it, you know, because it, it could be a week to week thing for him for a while. And until he gets somebody, until he has to sign a new contract, someone gives him a new contract. But they had the opportunity. That's the thing is he was out there and two and a half million dollars is nothing. I mean, even the poverty franchises can come up with two and a half million dollars for a pass rusher and they didn't. Um, So again, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him, but certainly root for the guy. Goodness gracious, you know, leads a team in sacks, undrafted free agent, get it done. You know, uh, anything you said again, house money, Jeremy said it, said it well, for sure. House money. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, uh, Greg coming in saying, and Mark Schrader, holy cow, great stars. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate it. Also appreciate you, uh, hyping me up on my, uh, Facebook with the, uh, the backpacking pictures here. Got my next backpacking trip will be the end of this month. Going to be going up to a Royal Lake basin in the Olympic peninsula, man. I absolutely love the Olympic olympic peninsula it's gorgeous out there um so wild really you know i was hiking out by myself nine miles on july 4th and really just filled with uh great pride for the country and uh, the fact that this country you know set aside all this public land for all these people and uh doing the best to preserve it so national parks one of the in my opinion one of the greatest things <clears throat> this uh country has done so shout out to you know teddy roosevelt and everybody who's done that um and uh, help preserve those because man it's a uh, really a refuge uh, for myself and uh, many others. And if you haven't got a chance to visit the national parks in this country, I recommend it. Make sure you plan though. You can't just like show up last minute to a lot of these ones. Cause they are very popular right now. You want to make sure you're getting up early and have all your stuff, but a uh, gorgeous place we live. Um, really, really thankful for that. Uh, Ethan coming in also saying about well, 25 pounds saying good show gents. Thanks Ethan. It's always good to see. You. I missed you last week. Um, and it says, take care everyone and have a great weekend. Hashtag the closer hashtag Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we appreciate you, Ethan. Hopefully you're doing well there. Hopefully things don't get too chaotic over there in the UK with uh, the Boris Johnson stuff. It's <laughs> Do they even have a government anymore? I don't even know what the heck's going on. Um, but uh, chaos, chaos, chaos. 
It's in the transfer window, so it gets buried under the Raheem Sterling news, for goodness yeah. sakes. Who cares about the government? Governments come and go. You're talking about a a, a winger, a, a winger for, you know, moving moving within the Premier League. No, I'm, yep. I'm just teasing, sort of. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, we're going to get on out of here. Um, next time you see me will be Tuesday morning, and I will be in a new location. I'm going to apologize in advance for the yellow walls. That'll be in my background, but... Uh, you know, we're going to have to kind of just finagle things for a little bit as I we move into the uh, the new house. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, what's the rest of your day and weekend looking like, Scott? You probably, I'm sure you got like 10,000 baseball tournament games. Yeah, um, softball. It, we're actually kind of in the middle of tryout season right now. Okay. So uh, picking up in a tournament. But today's pretty relaxed until tonight. We might actually talk some football with me and Chad on the mm-hmm. Mile High Huddle podcast tonight. So I will be guesting for Zach again tonight. Um, enjoyed today. Uh, apologize for those of you like, man, these guys don't talk any football. Apologize. It is July 7th, uh, which means since this is kind of the end of the week, one more week in the books and we're one more week closer to football. Um, August 13th, I think is the first, uh, is the first, it's my daughter's birthday actually is the first, uh, preseason game with the Dallas Cowboys. So it's a month away, a month away. There's plenty, we'll have plenty to talk about today. We had, we had some fun. And we appreciate you uh, bearing with us. And for those of you uh, that, that joined us in the conversation today. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, a little bit of uh, hanging out, chilling, but it's a good time. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again. Wow. Mark for the big stars. We appreciate you guys. We did talk some football today, but uh, you know, it's a little bit more of a, not, you know, super specific on the Broncos. Cause we have a lot of different uh, holistic stuff. And, you know, I think the, this is a fan base. I mean, a lot of the guys in here and you and I joining together was big about the NFL draft and mm-hmm. you need to understand the landscape of college football to really understand what's going on in the draft. So I think that UCLA USC uh, shift joining the big 10 is a conversation that we needed to have at some point. We'll probably continue to have uh, stuff that uh, about college football because it feeds into the NFL and the NFL draft. Yeah. And it'll help. It will help California keep California kids that have been going to Bama. <laughs> and Ohio State, yep. you know, and, and and that type of thing. So it, it will help those guys stay a little bit closer to home and help USC. And you, not that they should need any help, but keep keep those kids home. But we can get into all that on another day or two. We're, yep. we're going to get out of here. Thank everybody for being here. And Nick, why don't you sign us off? Yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate you. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following our Twitter accounts at uh, BFB underscore pod as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're checking us, uh, checking out the gear store at huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on as uh, Chad likes to say, join our Facebook communities, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, if you're joining us after the fact, or you have Apple iTunes in general, uh, find us there uh, mile high huddle, scroll down and give us a five star review and a comment. We'd appreciate that a heck of a lot. Um, make sure you're dropping a like on Facebook. We got a bunch of them in here and YouTube folks. I know you're in here. If you haven't done so yet, Please like the show for today. Click the thumbs up, um, subscribe to the channel, hit that bell notification so that way you get an alert to know when we go live. I know YouTube's been having some issues actually starting for some people when we go live. So hopefully that gets fixed here pretty soon. And uh, please, um, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, wherever, uh, share the show out um, to your social medias, Twitter, Twitch, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, We'll see you again on Tuesday. Uh, send me some good vibes for the move. That's going to be over the next four days or so. And uh, you guys have a great weekend. Hopefully you're short. Hopefully you guys enjoyed your short week as well. Uh, we'll see you next time. Choose pe- compassion. Choose kindness. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.